Greetings. It is a pleasure for me to be here this morning and to share with you the word of our Lord. And I want to take this opportunity to thank you for your support, your prayers, for your financial support, and for many of you that have come to visit us and to spend time with us in reaching our lost Haitian brothers with the gospel. And also, we want to thank you for your prayers. This morning, I would like to share with you from the word of the Lord, from the book of Romans. We will read in uh, chapter 8, and we'll focus on verse 12 to verse 17. As you know, this is a letter that uh, was sent to the Christians in Rome. And it was a church that has both Jews and Gentile. It was a letter that uh, Paul himself has written to this church. As you know, Paul from Tars was a very zealous man. He was uh, taking his pleasure in serving the Lord. And uh, even though he was as a Pharisee persecuting the church. But when the Lord... Uh, brought him to himself, he become more zealous in serving him as his king. And he was the one that is writing to this church, knowing their background. And now he is challenging them to live as children of God. And as we look at this text today, I would also would like to challenge each one of us to live as children of God. Let us read the word. Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you will put to death the misdeed of the body, you will live. For those who led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit received there does not make you slave, so that you live in fear again. Whether the spirit you receive brought you about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testify with our spirit that we are children of God. Now if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. And if indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we also may share in his glory. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. As we study the world today, there's over 153 million orphans. There are 153 million kids and children who have no parents whatsoever. In Haiti alone, there's over 200,000 orphans, those who have lost their parents and their father and mother in tragic ways. And even here in the U.S., there are thousands of children who have no parents, who are in a foster home system. But as we look at this text this morning, 
we see one key word that comes out in verse 15 is the word adoption. And as Paul was writing this letter, you know, in his time, family was very important to the woman culture. And the system of adoption was very understandable to them. If you read, you can see even Nero as an emperor was adopted. But as Paul is writing us here, and as we study this text, it should motivate us to live as children of God. What does that mean? So as we look at it together, there are three truths that will come to study. And the first one we'll see is the process of becoming a child of God. And the second one we'll see is the benefits of being a child of God. And the third one is the result of being a child of God. How we should behave and how should we trust and carry his mission on earth. Sinclair Ferguson, in his writing in his book, Children of the Living God, wrote, he said, adoption is not a change of nature, but it is a change of status. Adoption is the declaration made by God. It is irreversible, dependent entirely upon his gracious choice, in which he says, you are my son. Today I have brought you into my family. We were like slaves. As Paul goes to the book of Romans, he shows that we are by nature children of wrath. We were born enslaved to sin. The scripture tells us that there is no one who was born into a relationship with God. We were spiritually dead. We had no spiritual life. We were alienated from God. And by, for instance, we were also under the wrath of God. There is none that is born righteous. No, not even one. If we read in John 8, verse 44, it says, You are of your father the devil, and you want to do the desire of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. In the book of Ephesians, it put it very clearly that we too are formerly live in the loss of our flesh, in the desires of the flesh and the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath. We were totally corrupt. Our intellect was corrupt. Our conscience was corrupt. Our will and desires and emotions, they were all corrupted. And in the book of Romans, we see how God gave them over into the depraved mind. But as we read in this text in chapter 8 in verse 15, and it says, The spirit you receive does not make you slave so that you live in fear again. But rather the spirit you receive brought your adoptions to sonship. So we see in this text that it proves that there was a time that we were lost. There was a time which means that we were not naturally uh, God, children of God. Therefore, as a result, we were often enslaved to sin. It is important for us to notice it was a time that we did not have a relationship with the Father. It is important for us to know and to know that it's only God who has made it possible for us to have a relationship with him. We cannot make him adopt us into his family. We cannot make him take us. It depends on his will and on his desire. 
We cannot negotiate with him. The Father alone has done everything legally to make it possible for us to become his adopted son. I like that. <laughs> I have a young boy. His name is Ardens. And um, he was 12 months old, living on the street in the city of Kais. And this young boy, for two weeks, he was in the street. His mother died, his father died. But the mayor of the city found him and was able to send him to us. And we took care of him. And later on, there was a family in North Carolina who adopted this boy. And today, this boy is living here in the U.S. and have all the privileges. And one day, he would like to return back to Haiti and to serve his people. And this is, as we think of adoption, as we look at in this text, we will see all the privileges as adopted son of God that we will have and all the benefits in which that we'll have. But what did happen? The scripture tells us here in verse 14 that for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The scripture tells us for us to enter into a relationship with God, it did not depend on what we have done. In John 1.12, he said that you will receive those who receive him. To those who believe in his name, he has them the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, not of a human decision or husband will, but born of God. God sent his son, born of a virgin, lived like a man and suffered. God punished his son in our sake. In Isaiah 53, 6, it says, He was despised by men and rejected, a man of sorrow. Surely he took up of our infirmities and carried our sorrow. But he was pierced for our transgression, and he was crushed for our iniquities. The Lord has laid upon him the punishment of us all. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned to our own way. But the Lord has laid upon him all of our filthy rags. My friends, we are grateful to know that God sent his son to die and he was buried and he was again from the dead on the third day. But the power that raised him from the dead is the power also that sealed us and declared us righteous in his sight. It is not based on anything that we have done, but it is based on the work that he has done on our behalf. And for this reason, we have much reason to praise him, to glorify him, to exalt him. Because it says, therefore, if anyone in his Christ is a new creation, the old has gone and the new has come. So therefore, we have a new heart. We have a new relationship. We no longer live like slaves. We no longer live in fear. We no longer live in bondage. But we live with joy, knowing that we have a father who loves us so dearly was willing to give his only son so that through him we have life. When he look at us, he does not see us in the state of sin, but he sees us in the glance of his son who died on our stead. Amen. So we're going to be here for an hour and a half. <laughs> if I have to preach. But as a child of God, <laughs> as a child of God, there are also some benefits. As we read in verse 15, he said that we don't have a spirit of fear. Not only that he has the one that make it possible 
But now we said in verse 15 that we don't have a spirit of fear, but a spirit of sonship. And the first benefit that we can see here is the security that we have as believers. That what God has given to us, the promise that he has given us, he said that he will never leave us nor forsake us. That he will always be there with us. In Galatians 4, 7, he said, you are no longer slave, but you are son. Son of the living God, that you could have fellowship with him. But also it says in the verse that we can call Abba, Father. That is so not only that we can have security, but there is intimacy with Christ. Now we could have relationship with him. That we could, and, and Abba Father is a term that they use, that translated in, from the Aramaic, it says daddy. And I have uh, two little girls, Sarah Joy and Grace. And uh, sometime when I'm talking to them, and they call me daddy, puppy, is a very dear word. But when Brother Brian comes, they call him Brother Brian. They don't call him daddy. Because this is a word that is dear and they know what their father, they have that intimate relationship that they can share their heart. And you know that as a child of God, now you can have a relationship with him that is so intimate that you can call him Abba Father. You can bring all of your pains and worries into him that you know that he is forever ready to hear your cry. But also you leave and all the benefits is now in verse 16. He said that the Spirit testified to us that we are children of God. The paraclete that is living in us now gives us the ability to understand that the God that we serve is forever with us. That we live life with confidence. We live life with assurance, knowing that the God we serve will never abandon us. He is there with us, carrying us through in bad and good time, that he is forever present. We have the assurance that we are in God's family, that nothing can take us out. It is not a foster care where we move from home to home, but it is a relationship that is permanent. And as we read in Romans 8, in verse 31, it says this, What then shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? But in all these things, we are more than conqueror. Through him who love us, for I am convinced that neither death nor life or angels, nor demons, or present, or the future, or any power, neither height, nor death, nor anything else in creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. My friend, we have a hope that is certain, and we have a future that is guaranteed. But as we look at the text, it shows another benefits. He said that we are, if we are in verse 17, if we are children of God, then also we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. My friend, our future is guaranteed and our inheritance is certain. He will get us most of our inheritance. All believers are heirs of Christ, no matter what background that we come from. No matter we are Jamaican, Haitian, Italian, or American, but we have the same inheritance. We have the same father. We have the same blood. We have the same savior. 
and there is no life without Christ. And repentance is not only for one, but it is for all that he has given his life for. As a minister in Haiti, and minister to people that are very poor in spirit, the people who are living in fear and in bondage. After spending 25 years in the U.S. and return and immerse back into the culture, and you can see that people are living in fear, and they are afraid of their fellow men. And we can see many of you sometimes hear stories of, uh, of people, of zombies or spiritual warfare. And uh, sometimes you ask yourself the question, is that true? But my friends, as I'm living there, this is day to day that I'm witness and see that people who were possessed by evil spirit, how the power of the gospel transformed them to make them anew and it's changed them. And one of these persons is a man named Tex. Tex was living as a zombie for 10 years. He could not keep clothes upon himself. And one day Tex was about to jump and over a port sea in order to end his life. And there before he jumped and he said, Lord Jesus, if you exist, save me. And he felt there was an arm that take him and take him to the mountain. When he reached the mountainside, and he find out that it was his sister that sold him to slavery, sold him so that she could make money. And the wish doctor tell him all the details. And then Tex said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. And he accepted Jesus as his savior. And as he accepted Jesus as his savior, he was no longer living in fear and in bondage and no longer live as a zombie. But he come to his sense. He could not keep clothes upon himself. But now he was able to put new clothes. He said after 10 years, that was for the first time he saw that he was naked. But he never knew before. He had a new mind. He has a new heart. He became a new man. Then he started to enroll in into our seminary in Gonaives. But to make the story short, today he's a pastor in one of our churches in Gonaive who is preaching the gospel. And his sister is a member of that church. And she has the same inheritance and the same privilege that he has. And he is preaching the gospel because he knows that there are benefits in the gospel. There are benefits for us who are children of God. That we should no longer live in fear and in bondage as we know him. Therefore, what is the end result? As we know him as our father, that he has authority over us. We should honor him in all we do. We should give him the glory. In verse 11, in verse 12 to 13, it says, So then, brethren, we are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if you live by the Spirit, you are to put to death the body, the deeds of the body, and you will live. And St. Clair put down in his book, Living Children of the Living God, the notion that we are children of God is unson and daughter. 
is the mainstream of Christian living. Our sonship to God is the apex of the creation and the goal of redemption. My friends, what is the end result when you know that God has adopted you into his family? That all of those benefits are yours. That you have security, you have assurance, you have confidence, you have an inheritance that is unperishable. So now, the end result, it gives you a new motivation in life. You no longer want to live to please self, but you want to live to please God and God alone. We no longer want to live to please self, but we are ready to go and to obey his voice and to do everything that he commands us to fulfill for his glory. We have a man named Maïs. And Maïs, uh, when I moved to Haiti three years ago, we bought a piece of land. And we put Maïs as the person to oversee the land. But I did not do research to find out who Maïs was. But Maïs was the top witch doctor in the area. Every time I go and I see Maïs with a lady on the yard, and I said, lady, Maïs, who is this lady that is in our land? Oh, he said, I forget to tell you, Pastor, this is the mother of my children. I return back in two weeks. I see him with a different young lady, younger in age. And I asked him, is that your daughter? He said, no, Pastor, I forget to tell you, this is the mother of my children. I went a third time, so now I start taking pictures of them. But Mice happened to have a lot of mother of his children. And then I shared the gospel with Mice. And Mice's life was transformed. And as we plant the church, where right now, because of your support, Pastor Octavian is the preacher there. And as we preach the gospel, we start to see the life of Mice change. And today... Just to make the story short, last year, Maïs married to one of the ladies, but he chose the youngest one. (laughs) (laughs) But he's happily married. But not only that, the wish doctors from the communities used to come down and stay at Maïs' place. And they used to come in big numbers, especially during... This time of carnival. And when they came, Maïs said, I am no longer involved in this. I am a new man. But they were so much in numbers and he let them stay in the yard. He said, this is the last time you will stay in this yard. He locked his house. He stayed away for the whole time. Just to teach them the message. That he is a new creation. The old has gone. He has a new motivation in life. No longer want to please the evil that is in him. But he has to please his master. And because of his testimony, 15 families from the community come to know the Lord. And they were married also because they wanted to make their life right with Christ. And he become one of our key persons that is reaching the lost within the community. So once you know who you are, you start to live differently because this is the first result. You have a new motivation, no longer to please self, but to please him who has called you 
into his marvelous life. And my friend, not only you have a new motivation, but also you have a new heart. You have a heart of obedience. You have a heart that is ready to go wherever he is calling you to go. Nowhere he's too far. Many of you, he is talking to your heart. But I want you to know, he wants you to obey his voice. He wants you to obey his call into your life. He wants you to do his will. He wants you to do what he has commanded you to do. And you will start to become a witness to others by showing his great love. He wants you to start where you are. But also he wants you to start thinking about going beyond your own community. And coming with us to Haiti. And reach our Haitian brothers for Christ. Many of you are thinking. How can I obey? But the call for you today. That he wants you to be obedient. Because as the result. You would want to obey his will. And lastly. Not only that you want to obey. Not only you have a new motivation. But you will learn to trust him. You will learn to trust him because you know that he is the great provider of all of your needs. You know that he is forever present with you. You know that he will never leave you nor forsake you. You know that nothing is impossible for him. And so this is why I'm encouraging you. Not only to give yourself. Not only to go wherever he is calling you. But as you go, to trust him and to know that he is able to make to pass what he has called you to accomplish. God can do great things through you. But you have to trust him. Believe in him. And know that the one who has adopted you into his family. Will do everything to take care of you. I have two girls. We've been married for 21 years. Never had any children. But the Lord has opened the door. That there was a mother, and as she gave birth, her two kids, uh, the mother died at birth. Seven hours later, we were happened to be in that community. And God has opened the door for us to adopt those two. And today they are our children. And my friends, we love them. And I know how much we love them and how much we want to do everything to help them grow into the faith. And it's the same thing that I start to understand. That I have a father who loves me. A father who cares for me. A father who is willing to give his only son. So that I have life. How much more he will not do for me. And therefore, let us live life in obeying his call. Let us live as children of God, knowing that all the benefits that are there, they are for us. But also, let us live with a new motivation. No longer want to please self, but let us have a heart of obedience. Let us give to him. Let us go wherever he calls us. And let us trust him and know that whomever he calls, he will provide everything that is needed. For us to accomplish. 
and this is you, and this is me as his children. Let us pray. Kela suivance Je suis sauvé Quel avant-goût du ciel m'est donné Né de l'Esprit Tisé de feu, créé de nouveau, je vis pour Dieu. C'est mon cantique. C'est mon histoire, Alléluia, je chantera sa gloire. our story. We want, Father, to obey your call. And as your children, Father, we no longer want to please self. We want to have a new motivation in this life. But, Father, we want to trust you and know that when you call us, you will provide for all of our needs. And let us remain at your feet and serve you faithfully and carry this great message to everyone that comes our way so that they in turn will know you and when they die they spend eternity giving you glory that you alone deserve we love you in jesus name amen